Hello everyone. In this episode we're going to talk about developing and managing offerings. Uh, think about new product development, think about product life cycles, um, things like that. So let's just jump right into it. So developing new products is crucial for businesses. You may have heard about the concept of innovation, about you've always got to innovate or you die. Um, in most cases, I, I would agree that that is absolutely true. Um, you've got to continually uh, create new products. It needs to be a constant process within your organization to kind of keep the ball rolling because, you know, you've got a hot product one day, the next day it may not be so hot anymore. So what's the next big thing? Okay. Um, you know, an innovation can be what we call radical, which is something totally new that changes our lives and the way people do things, uh, but it could also be something incremental, like adding a, you know, a, a higher definition camera or changing the size of the iPhone screen by, you know, two millimeters. Uh, those would be considered uh, incremental. So this is the whole idea uh, of innovation. So it's got to be done. Um, and this whole idea of new product development, uh, it is encapsulated in seven steps within the organization. You start with just generating ideas. So uh, you've got to create new ideas before you can create new products. Uh, those ideas are then evaluated in the idea screening phase. Um, once those that pass screening uh, will move on to um, specification, basically figuring out exactly what the features are going to be, what the product is going to do, um, and what's the price going to be, things like that. Um, uh, once you get past that, then you move into the development phase where you actually developed, develop the, pro the, the product. R&D gets involved heavily, creating prototypes. Uh, prototypes are then tested in, in step or phase five. Uh, first, you do it in-house, then you do it with real customers, um, and then in step, step six, you launch the product, um, selling it to the public, and then finally, the seventh and final phase is evaluation, is basically uh, taking a step back and seeing, well, how did the product perform, both functionally as well as within the marketplace, um, get some feedback, figure out how you can make the next generation of the product even better. So that's the, the new product development phase uh, process, or we can call it the offering development process as well. Okay, um, going through each of those phases just briefly, uh, the idea generation phase, just know that your ideas can come from anywhere. That doesn't have to come from R&D, doesn't have to come from inside the organization at all. Uh, customers sometimes provide feedback that can result in a new product idea. Uh, your suppliers may come up with something. Uh, companies can even you know, solicit external ideas uh, through a concept that we call open innovation. Okay, um, So something to keep in mind in today's world, there's things like crowdsourcing and crowdfunding where you're using the you know consumers, interested parties to help you come up with new ideas and bring you know new ideas to life. Okay, uh, we can also get new ideas from watching our competition. So, uh, the first company to create, say, 
uh, a VCR it didn't necessarily have an advantage over those who sat back and watched them and followed them into the marketplace. Um, so that's a pretty, um, you know, pretty common tactic that companies use is to just see what their competitors are doing, see what they're doing well, and how can they kind of uh, take that, build on that, improve on that. We can sometimes uh, call this benchmarking. Okay. Then we move into the idea screening phase. We've got these new ideas. We've got to sit back and evaluate uh, all of them. What sort of value does it add? Who's going to buy the products? Um, projections on sale, sales. What kind of price could we charge? Um, how do we need to kind of reorient the company to not only manufacture this product, but also to uh, manage it and deal with after-sale services? Um, you also got to figure out, does it fit the company's image? Because there could be some products that might hold value, but if it impacts negatively the company's image, that's probably not a good idea. So you might want to maybe spin off that idea, sell it off to some other company. Okay. Um, we have something called concept testing, where we'll, we'll put a bunch of people, you know, potential consumers in a room, and ask them a bunch of questions about a particular concept. Um, you know, is it feasible in terms of can we make it? Is it feasible financially? Um, just the, you know, the, the numbers, you know, help determine if we can do this new idea or not. There's lots of risk involved. You know, you've got investment risk. You know, you're going to sink a lot of money into developing this new product. Is it going to pay off? And then what we call opportunity risk is, you know, if you take on this project, uh, what is the what is the nature of the products that you're not taking on because you're spending your time on this one? So that um, always is a concern. Okay. Um, then you get into the development steps. Again, we've already talked about you figure out what the specifications are, what the product's going to be all about. You're going to put the product together, create prototypes like I mentioned. You're going to test it. Uh, alpha testing is where you test it in a lab. Beta testing um, is where you actually test it in the marketplace. Um, then a market test is where you launch the product with marketing support in select markets just to see how it will do. And the rationale for that is if you full-on launch it nationwide and it fails, you're going to lose a lot of money. Um, so you start it in, in select markets just to see how it does. You know, if it fails, you're, you're going to be out money, but not nearly as much as you, if you had launched uh, nationwide. Okay? Then if you pass the market test, then you, you launch you know, full on and you're good to go. And then you know, evaluation has to do with you know, collecting data, asking consumers questions, asking suppliers and retailers questions about, you know, what do you think about this? Was it successful? What can we do to improve on things? Okay. So switching gears, we can't talk about new product development and offering development without talking about the product life cycle. Okay. So the product life cycle is simply just the stages that a product goes through from initial idea to um, you know disillusion at some point way down the road okay uh, this is product life cycle and when we talk about product life cycle we, we generally think about this in terms of 
a product category or an industry. So it's not the product life cycle of the iPhone, it's the product life cycle of smartphones. Okay, so products, you know, product categories have a shelf life, as do vegetables, so to speak. Um, so, you know, we can think back, you know, from history, the, the life cycle of lots of different product categories that have played out. Think about the landline telephone. Um, you know, think about the horse-drawn carriage. Uh, think about the road atlas. You know, all those things are kind of have gone by the wayside to the most part because their life cycle has kind of played out. Know that every product category, uh, the stages or the length of the stage is different, and sometimes products may skip one, okay, just depending on who you ask, okay. So we have four stages, introduction, growth, maturity, uh, and decline, okay. So you start out in this introduction stage. The product is not on the market necessarily yet. Uh, you're spending a lot of time and effort on, you know, uh, developing the prototype, going through the new pro new product development process. You've launched it. Sales are going to be next to zero because it's brand new. It's never been on the market before, and you spend a lot of money on marketing trying to, you know, build awareness and build interest. Uh, so. Over time, sales start to grow. Obviously, your, your profits are going to be negative because you've got all this substantial R&D and marketing costs. Okay, Once the product revenues really take off, uh, then you move into what's called the, the growth phase. So things are starting to really gain traction. At some point, your profits become positive. Uh, your, your marketing is doing its job. The product is, is well received. You're selling a bunch of it. Uh, at some point, you, you develop profits. Uh, and then at some point, demand starts to wane, profits start to drop off, you move into what's called the maturity phase. Okay, uh, Your uh, total revenues will peak at this point, somewhere in the maturity phase, and then start to decrease. And that will move you into the decline phase, where uh, sales drop off significantly, profits drop off significantly, and you have to make some hard decisions about what are you going to do with the product um, now that it's really no longer of value to a whole lot of people. So you've got to think in, um, you know, kind of what is the end game there, okay? Um, do know before we move on that life cycles are different for different product categories. Some last a long time. Some are very, very short. Um, you know, jewelry, kitchen products tend to have longer cycles, you know, fashion, you know, clothing, shoes, things like that tend to have a shorter life cycle, okay? Going back to each individual stage just briefly, a couple things to note, um, you know, a challenge in the introduction stage is getting distribution channel. Um, access. Retailers may be reluctant to carry a product that no one knows about, no one's ever heard of. Okay, so you've got to throw a lot of marketing support out there to help uh, re reassure retailers that there will be some interest and some knowledge of the product. Okay, um, companies in this stage they also tend to use different pricing strategies. 
they may use price skimming where they start with a very high price. Um, basically builds a quality image, allows them to extract higher margins and recoup their R&D costs uh, quickly. Or the opposite is you can do what's called penetration pricing where you start with a very low price to build quick market share. Okay, in the, the growth stage, you've started to create acceptance. The product is really taking off, like we've mentioned. Big challenge in the growth stage is that acceptance breeds competition. So competition sees how well you're doing, and they say, you know what, we want part of this action. So they're going to jump in as well. Okay, uh, another challenge in the growth stage is inventory management. You've got to be able to manufacture and store enough product uh, to keep up with demand because the absolute worst thing from a production standpoint as it relates to marketing is to run out of product. You know, if consumers can't find your product when they go into the store, what are they going to do? They're probably going to buy the, co the competitor's product and that's not good at all. Pricing in the growth phase typically is going to be fairly similar to the, the introduction phase. Um, you know, as competitors come in, you may drop prices because of the, the competitive forces. Um, but you know, if your product is doing really well in this particular phase, um, and it looks like you're going to be able to continue to be better than the competition, you might be able to raise prices actually um, because of increased reputation and things like that. Okay, maturity phase, again, you know, demand is starting to level off. Uh, maybe there's the competitors or, you know, a new competing product category has come up and is causing lots of problems. Um, so you've, you've got to think about how you can continue to squeeze money out of, or squeeze value out of the market. And so at this point, you try to figure out how to extend the life cycle. How do you, how do you make that maturity phase as long as possible or maybe somehow you know in, in rare cases uh, kind of push it back into the growth phase. You can enter new markets uh, maybe there's a target market that doesn't really you haven't really appealed to that maybe you can figure out how to retool your marketing for that. Um, you can add new features you know there's a lot of different things you can do here that you can uh, use to try to extend the life cycle. And think about the mobile phone market. Uh, there's a new iPhone that comes out, it seems like every year, every other year, they're always super expensive. They're adding a few new features just to make it attractive and in essence what they're doing is they're extending um, the life cycle there. Okay, um, You can modify or add features to the product. We're already talking about this. It can be with packaging, you can uh, improve quality, you know, you can um, bundle things together to increase, um, you know, the, the purchase price of products. A lot of things you can do there, okay? Um, we talked about new markets, you know, you can extend globally, you know, you can... Uh, um, uh, beef up online revenues, a lot of different things you can do. And then we have the decline stage. In the decline stage, again, things are dropping off, falling off. Your, this product category has become obsolete for some reason. And um, again, you've got to figure out what to do. You can um, 
sell off the product, you can leave the market, uh, you can sell rights to the product to someone else, you can do a lot of different things here. So um, it's the client stage is not where you want to be, obviously, but it is uh, unfortunately a uh, reality. Okay. Um, and I kind of mentioned earlier, it's not really reflected in any graph you would see about the product life cycle, but sometimes, sometimes product categories, they come back. Um, if you are a music fan, you may be attuned to the fact that uh, vinyl records, turntables have become very popular again. They're very trendy right now. Um, so, you know, turntables and vinyl records for a long time were in a severe, steep decline. Uh, well, now they're in some sort of growth phase, so they have successfully been able to kind of uh, remove themselves from the decline stage, okay? Um, I will tell you that the decline stage is tricky because um, it seems like it's unattractive, and it certainly is, but there also still could be some value. You, know, you could be able to cut marketing costs down a lot, but in the most loyal customers would still be able to find the product. Uh, think about v VCRs. You know, can you still buy a VCR in a store? Yes, you can. Are you going to see ads and other marketing support for VCRs? No, you cannot, or you will not. Uh, so just know that that is certainly possible. You know, not all not all markets are available are able to be pushed back into decline or maturity, I'm sorry, into growth or maturity, um, but you can extend the decline stage as well. And so a lot of companies do a really good job extracting value from a decline, a declining industry that everyone else has completely abandoned because it's like kryptonite to them. So that's just something to keep in mind. So um, as consumers, you know, we, we, we tend to have different you know, tastes and different uh, preferences and those things evolve over time and those kind of lead this, kind of drive this product life cycle idea. So that's all I'm going to say about this, you know, new product development, managing your products and product categories is a uh, very interesting, very important part of marketing that uh, companies need to embrace. All right, that's it. Until next time. Thanks.